I was playing air drums, Miss Kapow. Oh, goody. Last week I did air guitar. This week I did air drums. All righty. That's so cool, man. I am so cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, listen, this week's show is part two of Enoch and the Son of Man. Yep, and today's date is April 24th, 2017. Right on. Last week was, I just thought it was a great study. It was. It was very good. To show how the Son of Man, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, was prophesied by an ancient prophet, the seventh from Adam, Enoch, to return or to come to earth the first time as wisdom and to offer salvation and the Gentiles to be saved. And then we showed the second coming of the Son of Man and in judgment, and just it was just wonderful. And we talked about grace and so many things. So we're going to pick up where we left off, and we got a lot, a lot of scriptures. We're going to do Enoch, and we're just going to do tons of scriptures in support of this. Mm-hmm. Okay? And we're going to reveal to you the ancient Enochian prophecies of our, of our Messiah. So uh, if you didn't hear last week, uh, I, I highly recommend you listen to last week. We gave an introduction that I'm not going to redo. I will just say this, that a man named James Bruce, a traveler explorer, brought a copy of the book of Enoch found in Ethiopia, and he brought it to England. And then 50 years later, a man named Richard Lawrence made a modern translation. And then later, another man, R.H. Charles, made another translation using some Greek excerpts and more Ethiopian texts. I believe about 23 of them. And that's the one we usually read out of. That's the the best one, I think, that we have. Uh, and then, recently, in 1978, a man named Michael A. Nib, using many texts and partial texts, and remember, now they have the Dead Sea Scrolls, put together an adequate translation. I don't have that one. I would like to get that one. I'm going to get that someday. Michael A. Nib. And that's K-N-I-B-B. Yeah, K-N-I-B-B. Thank you. I want to get that translation of of his, because that's the most modern one you can get, and apparently it's pretty scholarly. Uh, These guys were uh, scholars, and they put all this stuff together. So uh, the Dead Sea Scrolls in 1948 contained many copies and partial copies of the Book of Enoch. See, before the Dead Sea Scrolls were discovered, a lot of people thought Enoch was post-Christian, was written in maybe the 1st or 2nd century A.D. because it is so Christian, because it is so New Testament. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. And then, whoa, wait a minute, the book of Enoch was accurate. It is an ancient book. The earliest copies go back to 300 years before the birth of Christ. Those are just the copies. I believe the book is much, much older, handed to uh, Enoch's son, Methuselah, and to uh, Noah and survived the flood. And it's been it's been repressed uh by the Jews prior to to um uh to Christ somewhat because of these these predictions. But then after Christ the the Jewish church really embraced Enoch. That's why we have the direct quote in Jude. Mm-hmm. They embraced it because it shows the coming of the Messiah so much. But then after that the uh synagogue of Satan, the Jews, the synagogue of Satan 
repressed the book again because of its teaching about the Watchers and the Fallen Angels. Obviously, they didn't want that teaching out. They didn't want mankind to know that. And then the Catholic Church comes, the Constantinian Church comes, and they further repress it and hide it up to the 1700s when it was rediscovered by this James Bruce fellow. Very important book. So anyway, in the Dead Sea Scrolls, many copies were found. There were 17 copies of Enoch found in the Dead Sea Scrolls. Now, in comparison, there were only 15 copies of Genesis and Exodus. So there's more copies of Enoch than Genesis and Exodus. There were 30 copies of Psalms, 25 copies of Deuteronomy, 19 copies of Isaiah, 14 copies of Jubilees, which is another important book mm-hmm. that's ignored. So it's, it's really important. And Jude, like I said before, Jude validated the book with a direct quote from it. So uh, I, last week I read uh, three, three translations. I read something from Lawrence. I read something from Charles and, and something from Nib last mm-hmm. week when we talked about the first coming of Christ as wisdom. This week, I'm not going to do that. I found another, uh, not so much a translation, but a, somewhat of a translation and a paraphrase written by a man uh, named John D. Ladd. And he did a commentary and a, uh, a paraphrase. He's not so much a scholar scholar like, you know, from, um, you know, uh, heavy duty scholarly works. But, you know, he was um, he was a pastor with the Assemblies of God. He, he did a lot of teaching and um, he's obviously a well-read man and uh, things like that. And what I've read from his stuff, it's not too uh, it's not too far from the uh, Charles version of it. So I'm going to read that today just for clarity. Okay, so he doesn't add or take away anything from it. It's just uh, the English is a little more clear. Okay, so that's going to be from um, that's going to be from John John D. Ladd, L A D D. All right, mm-hmm. I think I set that up enough. Shall we begin, Miss Kapowish? Yep. All right. So last week we started, uh, we finished, and I'm just going to read three of the verses that we finished with. Because we we tied this into Daniel, but we're not going to do that this week. I'm just going to read the last three verses we finished with. Chapter 46, verse 1 of Enoch says, There I saw the head of days, and his head was as white as wool. With him was another whose face was as a man's, but full of grace as one of the angels. And I asked one of the angels with me about that son of man, who he was, and from where he came, and why he was with the head of days. And he answered me, and he says, This is the Son of Man, the righteous and sinless one. He will reveal the precious mystery of the Lord, for the Lord of Spirits has chosen him, and his righteousness will surpass all others. And last week, we then went into what that mystery was, the mystery of the Lord, and that was grace. And we went through great length showing a lot of details showing that. All right? Mm-hmm. So then I will continue with verse 46, 4, chapter 46, verse 4. And this is, we're talking about the judgment. And this is what's going to happen. This is what's going to happen. This verse says, this son of man will remove kings from their kingdoms, take the powerful from their safe places, and make strong ones leave their thrones and loose the reins of powerful ones and break the teeth of sinners. That's what's going to happen. Here's why it's going to happen. 
Verse 5, because they do not exalt him, praise him, or acknowledge that he is the one who gave them their kingdom. He will take from them their thrones of power. Here's how it's going to happen. Verse 6, the strong will cast down their faces and shame and darkness will fill them. Worms shall dwell with them for they shall not be resurrected to life eternal, for they do not exalt the Lord of Spirits. Get it? Here's when it's going to happen. Dun-dun-dun-dun. Am I going to set a date, Miss Capel? Nope. No, of course not. Here's when it's going to happen. It's going to be happening at Judgment Day. It's uh, still We're still looking forward to that. Verse 7, the Son of Man will judge those who have condemned the saints, have shaken their fist at the Most High, have done evil upon those on the earth, have sinned in every deed, have trusted in riches, and have honored gods made with their hands, and have denied the name of the Lord of Spirits. The Son of Man will keep these away from the home of the saints and faithful ones who depend on the Lord of Spirits. Okay? Now we're going to try, we're going to go to verse, I mean, chapter 47, verse 1. Here's the judgment, the last days. This is when it happens. In that time, that's the when. In that time, the prayer and blood of the righteous will have ascended as incense to the Lord of spirits. Mm. Right? When the iniquities filled up, the cry of the saints, the, the martyrs, the numbers have been filled up. It's in Revelation also. Here is where it's going to happen. Chapter 47, verse 2. The holy ones who then dwell in heaven, that's where, will unite with one voice and intercede, pray, Praise, give thanks, and worship the Lord of Spirits. They have shed their blood and not ceased to pray to the Lord of Spirits for justice and that they would not have to be patient forever. Doesn't that sound like Revelation? Mm-hmm. You know, where the martyred saints are under the um, the altar? The altar, yeah. Saying mm-hmm. how long? How long? Right? Do you have First John 3, 2 through 3 written there for you to read or not? First John, uh, no, no, but I could get down there. I can read. I can read that one. Real, I can read that one real quick, and then we'll start. Okay. All right, because um, I have it here. First uh, John three two three says, "Beloved, now we are the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when He shall appear, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is, and every man that hath this hope in Him purifies himself." As he, Christ, is pure. Okay? Mm. So you're going to see Christ come as the judge and sit on this throne, and he's going to condemn these sinners who have shaken their fist at the Most High and have said hard, cold, harsh things. He's going he's gonna to do that. And we're now sons of God, according to First John, but it doesn't, we don't know what we're going to be like. See, we, we, don't, we don't see through this glass darkly, but when he appears, then we'll know what we're going to be like, because we'll see him as he is, okay? So it's a hope that we have as Christians, but he adds that little clarification. Anyone who hopes this purifies himself, because Christ mm-hmm. is pure, mm-hmm. right? So you can't just keep on 
trucking along life, living in the world. That's right. Once again, it always goes back to that theme with us because just that's what the Lord always has us talk about. Mm-hmm. Talks about holiness, and we talk about how once saved, always saved is not biblical. And you could just see this through all the teachings that we present uh, to you guys as listeners that it's it's just not biblical. You know, uh, there's purity involved. All right. So I'm almost getting to all the scripture part, Ms. Kapow. I'm just uh, a couple of more verses. Sure. Chapter 47, verse 3 says, Then I saw, this is Enoch, then I saw the head of day sit down on the throne of glory, and the books of life were opened. All his saints in heaven and his council were standing before him. Mm -hmm. Now, we've done shows in the past about the the book of life. Mm -hmm. It's something that a lot of people don't talk about. They're very real books. They really exist. And your deeds, every idle word is recorded, and your deeds are recorded, uh, both for good and bad. But when you're through Christ and you're covered in the blood of Christ and you're living and walking in the Spirit in Christ, that's going to be a joyous occasion to look at those deeds. Yeah. And this is very similar to Revelation 20 where it says, Then I saw a great white throne and him who sat on it, and whose face the earth and heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God, and books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. Sounds just like Enoch, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Here's, here's my point. Men for, for millennial, millenniums um, have, have tried to figure out the book of Revelation. There's, you know, if I had a, a nickel for every person who said, you know, here's the interpretation of Revelation, I'd be a rich man. Hmm. Uh, you can't, you, you cannot just figure out the book of Revelation by reading the book of Revelation. You have to understand the whole Jewish concept of the Messiah. You have to understand not only what was said and written about the Lord Jesus Christ, but the Pauline epistles and what the church believed. But you also need to understand these books like Jubilee and Enoch to understand that. What Ms. Kapal just read, it comes right out of Enoch. Then I saw the head of day sit down on the throne of glory and books of life were open. Okay? Like I said, the oldest copies were 300 years before the birth of Christ. Well, well before the book of Revelation was written. Mm -hmm. And the... As far as the book of Enoch being suppressed throughout the centuries and throughout thousands of years, one of the things is that, like I had mentioned, the, the, the apostate Jewish said the Sanhedrin of Satan repressed Enoch because of the fallen angel, uh, the Watcher teachings, right? Mm-hmm. They didn't like that. And then there was um, Augustine and Jerome who were opposed to the... Um, canis, uh, canis, the canonization of Enoch in in the in our current Bibles, and they were opposed to that. They fought against it, but the council believed that the book was inspired and it had been used by the early church and 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 by and by Jews throughout throughout the centuries. And so it kind of came to a head where. The, the council was given a church, was given a choice, I'm sorry, was given a choice by Jerome and Augustine that it was either the book of Enoch would be canonized or the book of Revelation. 
So they went with the book of Revelation. But the Revelation almost didn't even make it in our Bibles. Um, I don't know how Jude slipped by without them noticing the direct quote from Enoch and Jude. But I'm sure if they would have paid attention to that, they would have never had Jude uh, in our Bibles. Uh, one of the reasons why they didn't uh, allow the letter of Barnabas in our Bibles is because of Enochian quotes and the Enochian mm. influence. So you can see there's a problem there with the suppression of this book. And so you get, they were given a choice, E, Revelation or Enoch, so they went with Revelation. Um, but yet, it's hard to understand Revelate without understanding Enoch. My point made, right? Exactly. Okay. So in chapter 47, verse 4, I'll continue. Enoch continues, The hearts of the saints were glad that the number of saints had been reached, and that their prayers were heard, and that the Lord was finally to answer the blood they, not the saints, but the sinners, had shed. And does that not sound like revelation with the martyrs under the altar Mm -hmm. crying out, how long, how long? And God even says to the martyrs, just be patient. Enoch uses the same language about patience. And it says, be patient until everybody like you, the brethren like you, are, they're all killed like you too. There's a certain number, uh, the numbers reach. And it says that right there in this ancient book. All right. so. Let's move on to this next uh, topic, and here we're going to do a lot of scriptures. So, Ms. Kapow is all ready. I'm ready. This is what I'm going to call the post-rapture worship. So, when I say post-rapture, I mean post-resurrection, whether it be resurrection of the dead or a live resurrection. Because in my opinion, that's all the rapture is. It's just a live resurrection. You're changed. Your um, your spirit is changed. Your soul is changed, and you receive a a, a different body. You're changing the twinkling of eye, whether whether you're alive or not matters little. So many people are just afraid of death. They're so afraid of death. And, and really, as a Christian, you should not be afraid of death because when you're absent from this world, you're going to be present with Christ. And that's far better. And I understand you don't want to leave your loved ones and your kids and your mom and your dad and your dog and your cat. You know, that's all that's all normal. That's all normal. But um we really, the, the eternal mind, there's so much more, mm-hmm. uh, so much more. And so I think a lot of people use the rapture and they hold on to that because they don't want to die. They're afraid of dying. Yeah. So, but don't you think the rapture is kind of like a death? It is. Because you're no longer like in the body. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it, it, it matters little. What matters is that you're resurrected uh, into Christ. That's right. right? So I titled this post-rapture worship, but. It's a post-rapture slash resurrection worship, whether the resurrection is uh, in death or uh, in life, a live resurrection. So this is chapter 48, verse 1, and it says, In that place I saw an inexhaustible spring of righteousness and many springs of wisdom surrounding it. All the thirsty drank from them and received wisdom. They dwelt with the righteous, the holy, and the chosen. All right? so. I'm going to read this next verse, and Ms. Kapow, if you can cue up Psalm 86, 9. 9, okay. So verse 2 of chapter 48 says, At that hour they worshipped the Son of Man greatly in the presence of the Lord of Spirits. They called his name in worship before the head of days. Enoch is clearly saying that the Son of Man, whom we now know to be Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Yeshua HaMashiach, 
right? Mm -hmm. Is getting worship in front of the Father. Mm. He's deity. He is God. He's part of the Godhead. He's getting worship. If we understood as the church this, the teachings of this ancient book of Enoch, there would never be questions about the deity of Christ. Right. Or did, or did um, Jesus ever say that uh, he was God and demand worship? I saw a question like that the other day on uh, YouTube. Mm-hmm. I said, why would you even have that question if you understood scripture? Right. Okay, so Psalm 86.9. 86.9 says, All nations whom thou hast made shall come and worship before thee. And can you flip over to John 5.23? Yes. John 5.23. Because we're talking about at that hour in heaven that they worship the Son of Man greatly in the presence of the Lord of Spirits. Mm-hmm. John uh, 5.23 says that all men should honor the Son even as they honor the Father. He that honors not the Son honors not the Father which hath sent him. Jesus said it right there. So to ask the question, did Jesus demand worship? Was Jesus God? Did he ever say he was God? Well, if we didn't have this book repressed from our canon, we might have, uh, we'd never asked those stupid questions. <laughs> <laughs> or if we weren't so, so dang lazy, you know, to think out of the box and read some other stuff. and mm. be, You know what I mean? Just, we're all guilty of that. Uh, while I talk about verse 3, if you'll look up Hebrews 1.6, and then right after Hebrews 1.6, Hebrews 2, 9 through 18. Okay, got it. Okay, so verse 3, chapter 48 says, Even before the creation of the sun and stars, he was worshipped in the presence of the head of days. So not only is Christ being worshipped in the future, Enoch sees Christ being wor- uh, Enoch sees Christ being worshipped in the judgment in the future. He goes back and says, even before everything was created, he was he, he was, was the glory before the foundation of the world. Amen, amen. So you can read your Hebrew. Okay, si- Hebrew one six says, and again when he brings in the forbegot first begotten into the world, he saith, and let all the angels of God worship him. And then Hebrews 2, 9 through 18 says, but we see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. For it became him for whom are all things and by whom are all things in bringing many sons unto glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. For both he that sanctifieth and they who are sanctified are all of one, for which cause he is not ashamed to call them brethren, saying, I will declare thy name unto my brethren. In the midst of the church will I sing praise unto thee. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, behold, I and the children which God hath given me. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, and that is the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. For verily he took 
not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. Wherefore in all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself has suffered, being tempted, he is able to secure them that are tempted. Amazing. And right there, yeah, the writer of Hebrews says we shouldn't be afraid of death Mm -hmm. because he's got the power of resurrection. He's got the spirit of resurrection, the spirit of the righteous um, dead in him, right? And then we saw that in the first Hebrews 1.6, how he was uh, first begotten into the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let all the angels of God worship him. Okay, so if you will cue up Revelation 5, 8 through 14, and I'll read verse 4, and it says, He will be like a staff to lean on that will never fail the saints. He will be the light of the people and hope to those who grieve. You notice there's two different topics here. There's the saints up in heaven. And there's people who are um, still around on earth. See, this isn't the, the great white throne judgment. This is the judgment we're expecting next here, where he's going to get rid of the wicked, and we're going to bring in the millennium. Okay, this is where we're at. This is what we're looking for every day. We're that close. So if you'll read Revelation. Okay, Revelation 5, 8 through um, 14. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou hast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation, and hast made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. And I beheld and heard the voice of many angels round about the throne and the beasts beasts and the elders, and the number of them was ten thousand times ten thousand and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature was in which was in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and such as are in the sea, and all that are in them, heard I saying, Blessing and honor and glory, and power be unto him that sits upon the throne, and upon the Lamb, and unto the Lamb forever and ever. And four beasts said, Amen. And the four and twenty elders fell down and worshipped him that lives forever and ever. Amen. There it is. And if you will go to Isaiah forty five twenty three, and then Philippians 2, 10. So Enoch chapter 48, verse 5 says, All the earth will someday bow before him, for he deserves blessings and praises and songs of praises of the Lord. Mm -hmm. All the earth will someday bow before him. So Isaiah says, Isaiah 45, 23 says, I have sworn by myself, the word is gone out of my mouth in righteousness and shall not return, that unto me every knee shall bow, every tongue shall swear. Mm-mm. And then we go to um, Philippians 2.10, and it says, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of things in heaven and things in earth, 
and things under the earth. Wow. There's the hollow earth uh, also in that, isn't there? <laughs> <laughs> under the earth. Okay, First uh, Peter 1, 19 and 20. Uh, we'll skip Micah, just for sake of uh, time. Then after that, you'll go to Acts 4.12. But 1 Peter 1, 19-20. So I will read from Enoch, and it says, For this reason he was chosen, talking about Christ, the Son of Man, and has remained in the presence of the Lord of Spirits before the world was created. Mm. And we saw that in Hebrews 1.6 also, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, 1 Peter... First Peter 19 through 20 says, But with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. And then we go to Acts 4.12, and that says, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Wow. You know, and Peter, you know, just, I mean, he just laid it right out there. Um, you know, here, here's Christ, shed his blood. He, he's a lamb without spot, without blemish. And he was foreordained before the creation of the world. Mm-hmm. But now in the last times, see, since Pentecost, we're now in the last days. Now in these last days, he's been manifest to us. Now, now we understand the books of Enoch and his first coming. Right? Mm-hmm. Now we understand these things. Uh, they didn't understand that before. We're very, very fortunate that we are living in the age of grace. These are things that the angels desired to look into. That's right. And couldn't see. I mean, come on. And to, uh, you know, to know that we have an apostate church out there who's trampling the things of God. Mm. And just making light of it and trampling it and treating Christ like a business. Um, wow, that's... It's but see they lack, they lack the fear of the Lord, yeah. and so they lack wisdom. Exactly, and uh, those poor people who lack the fear of the Lord are the ones who will um, are going to see that judgment, you know, because they're shaking their fist at God. They're you know they're uh, they're worshiping their own idols. Mm-hmm. They're covered in their own riches. All right, so uh, let's see. Then blah blah blah. Uh, I'm going to read this last part, and then we'll go to some more scripture. Uh, 48, verse 7 says, The wisdom of the Lord of spirits has revealed him, the Son of Man, to the righteous and holy. He will deliver the righteous. Now check this out. For they have hated and rejected the sinful world. They have rejected its ways and works, so they might please the Lord. It is in the name of this son of man that the saints are saved. And he is the one that has delivered their lives. Mm -hmm. I can read that one all day long. Mm -hmm. Because what does it say? He's going to deliver the righteous, but then Enoch by the power, the spirit of God prophesies who are the righteous. They're those who hate and reject the sinful world. They reject the ways of the world and its works. Why? So they may please the Lord. So the question always to be asked, is my life 
pleasing to the Lord. Amen. So rather, rather than ask yourself, uh, well, is it in the Bible? Uh, you know, is it a sin to, you know, do this or do that, fill in the blank? Or what does the Bible say? You know, can you be a homosexual and be a Christian? Could you live in, a, you know, fornication? And, you know, rather than play that game and go to the lowest level, go to the higher ground. Mm-hmm. And ask, and you have to really ask yourself, what I'm doing in my life, what am I doing in my life? Is it pleasing to the Lord? Or am I fulfilling the lust of the flesh? Yeah. That's the question, because it's important, because there's not a gray area. There's not, any, everything I'm reading here, you tell me if you see a gray area. Nope, it's very black and white. You're either righteous through Christ or you're not. He's the only way. All right, verse, uh, chapter 48, verse 8, and in that time, the kings who are strong and think they possess the earth will have faces of shame, and they will not be able to save themselves from distress and trouble. Sounds like a great tribulation, does it not? Mm-hmm. Okay, if you will turn to Jude 14 and 15, Jude mm-hmm. verse 14, 15. And it says, And Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these, saying, Behold, the Lord comes with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds, which they have ungodly committed, and of all their hard speeches, which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. So Jude quotes the book of Enoch directly. And here's the book of Enoch, chapter 48, verse 9, and it says, They shall be defeated by my chosen ones. Like straw in fire burns quickly. Look at that. And as lead in water sinks quickly. Wow. So will they, the wicked, burn and sink when the chosen ones are given victory. No trace will be found of the sinners. Mm -hmm. Mm. So the question I leave with you is who or what are these chosen ones? Is it us coming back with Christ and victory? Are they angelic armies? Are they what Jesus referred to, I believe in Matthew 13, um, as angelic reapers in the last days? And these angelic reapers gather up the tares and bundle them up and burn them in fire. Then they gather up the wheat and put them in Christ's barn. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So the question is, who or what are these chosen ones? Because they're going to have power so strong that the wicked are going to burn just like if you throw straw in a fire or just throw lead into to water and they just sink. And, and it just reminds me of all this hype about alien invasions. You know? About all this war of the worlds kind of a thing. Yep. Uh, perhaps They're looking for the aliens or looking for the war of the aliens because the reaper angels are their enemies. Yeah. I don't know. Just food for thought. Okay. Verse verse 10, chapter 48 says, And at that time, the earth will have rest, and mankind will fall prostrate before the Son of Man to worship him. So that's the millennium. And so there's still going to be people on the earth. There's going to be people born, and you get the, the... God's mercy and grace will still extend to those who don't accept that mark of that beast. And there's going to be people here on earth. You don't want to be that. 
You want to make that first resurrection mm-hmm. that's mentioned in Revelation. You don't want to be that second revelation. You, you want to, that second resurrection. You want to be in that first resurrection. Blessed are those who are in that first resurrection is what it says, right? Right. So at that time, the earth will have rest. Mankind will fall prostrate before the Son of Man to worship him. Why? Because there's no more sin. The wicked are removed. None shall force them to rise up from that worship for those who have denied the Lord of spirits and his Messiah will have been removed. That's the tears. I praise the name of the Lord of spirits, says Enoch. So it just, it goes right with what Jesus is giving the parable of the wheat and tares. And then the disciples go, what does that mean? What does that mean? He says, it's the last days. Mm-hmm. Those tares are those things that grew up with the wheat that were planted by the evil one. That serpent seed that's that's growing that looks like you, but it's not you. Mm. It's not one of you. Well, they're going to be removed. That's what's going to happen. This takes the guesswork out of it. Yeah, it does. And it explains what Jesus was talking about. Because this, this, this stuff is truly inspired by the same spirit. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. And so that the earth's at rest because we're in that millennial period of Christ. It's yet to happen. I think that's beautiful. Yes. Amen. I think that's beautiful, especially with so many voices out there going, well, I don't know. I'm a pre-millennialist, an all-millennialist. I don't know a millennialist. Well, it's right there. If we, just, if we just had access to these ancient books and the Holy Spirit to reveal these things to us, it's right there. Mm-hmm. It says at that time, there's going to be peace. And the reason why there's peace is because the wicked have been removed. Who's removing them? Jesus says it's the reaper angels. That's right. In the last days, it could be a UFO invasion, folks. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it's going to look like. It could be a big asteroid. I don't Mm -hmm. know. But it it could look like every movie you ever saw about alien invasion. And why they don't like it, it's because that's their enemy. Mm -hmm. It's not our enemy. We're delivered. We're not appointed to God's wrath. Amen. Praise the Lord. Yes. Preach it, brother. Right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, that's going to stir some thinking. I want you to turn to John 1, 1, if you will. Okay. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Enoch chapter 49, verse 1 through 4 says... For this wisdom has been poured out like water, and his glory will not ever cease. This wisdom. Who's this wisdom? We showed you last week that wisdom is Jesus Christ of Nazareth. That's who the wisdom is. Verse 2. He is the perfect one, and sin will not be able to remain in his presence. You get it? Sin can't remain there. Amen. There could be no sin. This chosen one is equal to the Lord of spirits, and his glory is eternal. He's equal with God. He's God. He is God, yes. In him dwells the spirit who gives wisdom, the spirit who gives understanding, the spirit who gives knowledge and power, and the same spirit who is within those who die in righteousness. That, that means the resurrecting mm-hmm. power. Now, you notice these, these spirits that in him are the same gifts of the spirit that Paul talks about? Mm-hmm. Gift of knowledge, the gift of understanding or discernment, the gift of power, dunamis? Hmm. Interesting. Mm. And we have the resurrecting power because we're going to resurrect. Amen. Those who are not in Christ do not have that power. Because it reminds me of the, I believe it's in Romans where it says the same spirit or the same power that raised Christ from the dead, Mm. that same power lives in us and he will quicken us. 
Amen. I, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful reference. That's very Enochian, isn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe Paul, maybe Paul understood the book of Enoch. Hmm. Go figure. Verse 4 says, He will someday judge all the secrets of man, and no one will be able to challenge his word. Mm-hmm. For the Lord of Spirits is in unity and agreement with the Chosen One. Mm. And this is why the, uh, the synagogue of Satan, the Sanhedrin, the, the, the evil Jews, after Christianity spread to the Gentiles, and they had rejected that Messiah, wanted to suppress this book. Because it, it speaks totally of the Son of Man. Yep. And about his authority, about that he is God. Mm-hmm. Okay, if you'll turn to Revelation fourteen fourteen. And I looked, and behold, a white cloud, and upon the cloud one sat like unto son, the Son of Man, having on his head a, crown, a golden crown, and in his hand a sharp sickle. And Enoch, chapter 50, verse 1 says, When the Son of Man is revealed, the chosen and holy will find this change. The light of his presence will dwell with them, and they will have glory and honor. Um, and it reminds me of a scripture in Revelation also that says, There's be no need for a son, oh, because he yes. will be the light. Right? Mm-hmm. Same thing. Verse 2 says, The sinners will find, when the Son of Man comes, that calamity has been heaped up for them. Why? Because they're tares and they're being rooted up. They will be conquered in the name of the Lord of Spirits. To those remaining, the way of repentance will be shown. What this means is during that tribulation time, when the saints, those following Christ, hopefully everybody listening to my voice and hopefully us, will be resurrected, either alive or dead. And during this finishing of this tribulation time, there will be people here that can still repent. They can still repent. However, verse 3 of Enoch says, These ones will not be as the saints, but in the name of the Son of Man they may be saved. The Lord of Spirits will have great mercy on them. In other words, they're not going to be up there with us in the presence of God. They're going to be earth dwellers, but sin will be removed from the earth. So they can bow down and worship. That's why Revelation says, in my opinion, blessed are those who make the first resurrection. Mm. You don't want to be that guy wandering here. You know, I'm not, I'm not big on the Tim LaHaye, God rest his soul. Uh, Left Behind series. All those books and movies, I think, are, you know, they're, kind of, they're nonsense, right? Mm-hmm. But there's like a kernel of truth there, is there not? Mm-hmm. You don't want to be that one left behind missing that first resurrection, that bus. Because I'm telling you, if you think it's hard now to live a Christian life, it's going to be virtually impossible. And I don't know if, if you've tasted of the Lord and then rejected it and missed that first resurrection, if it would be possible. Because now there is no other way to salvation because you've already had it and trampled it. So I'm not real sure uh, if, if the ones saved, the Lord of Spirits will have great mercy on them, are the ones that have, have not heard that pure gospel yet. And uh, if you will look up John 5.27. Mm-hmm. 
And it says, and hath given him authority to execute judgment also because he is the son of man. And how about Acts 4.12? says, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we may must be saved. No gray area, only through Christ. While you look up Isaiah 55.6, I'm going to read verse 4 of chapter 50. And it says, the Lord is righteous in judgment, and sin will not be found at that day of judgment. If one does not repent before that day, he will never find the Lord's mercy. Mm. Wow. Okay. There has to be a demarcation point. There has to be a time. There has to be a time where the iniquity is filled up. The window closes. That there's, there's no more repentance. There's no more you know, playing games back and forth. It's over. Okay, Isaiah 55, 6. 55, 6 says, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Okay. Chapter 51, verse 1. We're almost home stretch. And before I finish the home stretch, let's stop for a short commercial break, and we'll be right back. Okay. Welcome to the Remnant Resistance. Welcome to Welcome the Resistance. Resisting and fighting the enemies of God. You are listening to the Kapow Radio Show Network. What? And Kapow stands for Kingdom Against Powers of Wickedness. You can hear all the shows on archive anytime or as an iTunes download. Our topics include the paranormal, the supernatural, and spiritual warfare. The Kapow Radio Show is sponsored by Fifth Hook Media. Visit fifthhookmedia.com to see our ebooks about spiritual warfare. That's F I F T H O O K media.com. Keep up the good fight. We are glad you joined Resistance. Welcome back. Welcome back to the things you once believed in. Welcome back to what you knew was right from the start. Welcome back to the things you knew were right from the start. Let the Holy Spirit guide you in all truth. If you go sideways, it's okay. Come on back. Come on back while we still can come back, all right? Amen, amen, amen. I can't tell you how many times I went sideways. Went sideways, you know? And then you get, you know, you get into something and you go, well, maybe this is the thing or maybe this belief. And, you know, you go sideways. But, you know, you got to, you know, welcome back to the things you once believed in. Go back to that, that original gospel of Christ, you know? All I know is Jesus Christ and him crucified for me. That's the bottom line. Right, mm-hmm. so we can go around and chase crystal skulls and nephilims all day, and ancient aliens, and go to Antarctica and all that stuff. Okay, that's fine and sexy, but let's let's get back to the things we know that are right from the start. Mm-hmm. All right, just a little advice from your uncle Paul. All right, um, if you'll look up Revelation twenty thirteen. Okay, it says, "And the sea gave up the dead which were in it." And death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged every man according to their works. Enoch chapter 51 verse 1 says, In that same time the earth will give up the dead bodies. Sheol will give up the imprisoned spirits. 
the destroyed will return. Wow. It's very similar. Mm-hmm. How about Psalm 32.10? Many sorrows shall be to the wicked, but he that trusts in the Lord, mercy shall compass him about. Verse 2 says, the righteous and holy will be saved, but the wicked will be destroyed. Mm. That's a fact. We have shown how Enoch prophesied and predicted to the T the coming of wisdom, the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. All this stuff that we've been sharing to you is absolutely true. It's absolutely biblical. It can be verified with our scriptures that we have. So we must then say, if that's true, this is true. Mm Mm-hmm. That the righteous and holy will be saved. That should be you and I. Amen. But the wicked will be destroyed. That should not be you and I. Verse 3 says, The chosen one will sit upon the throne and rule with wisdom, for the Lord of spirits has appointed him and glorified him. Verse 4, In that day the mountains shall leap like rams, and the hills will skip as lambs, satisfied with milk, and all the saints will be glorified as the angels of heaven. Psalm 114, 4-6. The mountains skipped like rams, and the little hills like lambs. What ailed thee, O thou sea, that thou fedest? Thou Jordan, that thou wast driven back? Ye mountains, that ye skipped like rams, and ye little hills like lambs, tremble. Oh, I'm sorry, that was all I was supposed to read. Okay. But verse 7 says, Tremble thou earth at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the God of Jacob. That's beautiful. I'm glad you read verse 7, because that shows you they're trembling, It's the, the, they're skipping because the day of the Lord. Mm-hmm. He's here. Now, all the saints will be glorified as the angels of heaven. We will be as the angels of heaven. Once we get our glorified bodies, get eternal bodies, get out of these, these flesh suits, this, this prison that we're in, this probation where we have to learn stuff and obey God and become sinless. Now, if we can do that down here, we're going to be okay up there. That, their sin will never exist, see? Um, and once we get those eternal bodies and once we're able to partake of the fruit of the tree of life, we will be as the angels, immortal. Mm. And have all of that glory, man, glorified. It's going to be amazing, folks. The few short years we have down here, it's just not not worth it. We have to hate and reject the things of the world. Verse 51, um, I mean, chapter 51, verse 5, will be the last Enochian thing I'll read. And then Ms. Kapow will read Romans 1, 4 and 1 Peter 1, 3. So I'm going to read verse 5. They will radiate, that's us, will radiate with joy because of the chosen one who will have been resurrected. What? Mm. Enoch said that thousands and thousands of years before Christ came on the scene the first time? No wonder they tried to repress this book, and they still do today. Miss Capel last week told you she went to, to go buy me a commentary on it by Matthew Black, and there was only one left on Amazon for $19,000. Mm-hmm. Not available to me, or you, or the layman. There's a reason why it's being hidden. Some Look at this. They will radiate with joy because the chosen one, that's our Lord Jesus, who will have been resurrected. It says it right there. He's resurrected from the dead. 
the earth will rejoice, the righteous chosen ones will dwell upon it and rule and possess it. Wow, praise the Lord. Oh, that's what we're looking for. Not the things of the world. I don't care what's going on in Coachella. (laughs) The music festival. I don't want to digress, but my goodness. Romans 1.4. Romans 1.4 says, And declare to be the Son of God with power, according to the Spirit of holiness, by the resurrection from the dead. Mm. 1 Peter 1.3. 1 Peter 1.3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. There we have it. And the one, the chosen one, the Son of Man, has the spirit of knowledge and understanding and power and the spirit of the righteous dead, the spirit of resurrection in him which is now in us, that means we get resurrected when we're in Christ. I can't tell you how good that is. That is good news. That is excellent That's news. the gospel. That's Amen. the gospel. you have anything you want to add, Ms. Kapow? No. Okay. We're going to end, and I'm going to play a song that I wrote uh, called I Pour Me Out uh, with a, a friend of mine. Uh, we, we had a, a group. We called it Kilson. And uh, I wrote this, I think, in 2010 or 2011. But I actually used the language of Enoch. As far as I know, I'm the only artist. I, I don't know. There may be somebody else. But as far as I know, I'm the only artist who's ever taken the words of Enoch and actually put it into a worship song. And I use the term, the Lord of Spirits. And everything in that song comes from Enoch about worshiping uh, our, our father and worship, worshiping the chosen one. And uh, it's quite a beautiful song. I don't say it because I wrote it. It's, I say it because that's... It's very scriptural. The Holy Spirit, yeah, inspired it, and it's scriptural, and it's a beautiful worship song. And, and of course, the world didn't buy it, and nobody bought it, and nobody cares. If you were interested in it, just email me, Kapow, Paul at KapowRadioShow.com, and I'll send you the MP3 for free um, if, if you like it. So anyway... Um, here it is. Good night. God bless. And Ms. Cow, give them what you do best.